Dearly beloved, we are gathered here in the sight of God and before his church to witness the union of this man and this woman in holy matrimony. Maybe not quite what you were expecting on Good Friday. You know, we started on Sunday by saying a lot can happen in seven days. Well, today, day six, is the wedding day. With Genesis, the Bible begins in an earthly paradise, the garden, and the marriage of the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve. The Bible ends with the book of Revelation in heavenly paradise and the consummation and wedding feast of Christ and his bride, the church. And so today you have Good Friday, the very center of the biblical story and of all of human history. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it hard at times to absorb the mystery of everything that happened on that first Good Friday. But perhaps the most relatable, personal, beautiful way is to understand that this day we see Jesus' total gift of self hanging between heaven and earth, his arms open wide to us, offering himself to us. And in doing that, God is saying, will you marry me? So what I'd like to do this evening is to look again at what we've just heard with a sort of bridal lens. Now, before Jesus even entered Jerusalem this week, if you were here on Monday for Holy Monday, we heard how Mary of Bethany anointed him with very expensive perfume, pure nard. In the Song of Solomon, which is the the Bible's nuptial, erotic love poem, we hear the bride say, while the king was on his couch, my nard gave forth its fragrance. Jesus would say that Mary did this in anticipation of his Friday burial. Like a bride, she is giving her yes, pouring out her nard for Jesus. And then we enter the Passion account we just heard. Did you notice that it began and it ended with a garden? Pilate later unwittingly declared, Behold, the man! But he is more than Adam. He is the true man, the groom. When they get to the cross, then they strip that man naked, like Adam was, dividing his clothes. And then we meet the woman. Woman, behold your son. Behold your mother. Now we've got to make sure we think beyond their earthly blood relation. Mary is now more than Jesus' earthly mother. At the foot of the cross, she represents the new woman, the new Eve, the bride, the church. So we have the man and we have the woman. Oh, and there will be children also. Behold your son. At the foot of the cross, John represents all the children of Holy Mother Church, all of the disciples of Jesus. Next, Jesus is offered sour wine. But wine is for weddings, like the wedding at Cana, which we heard about a few weeks ago. Weddings are joyous, and wine gladdens the wedding and the hearts. So he gladly takes our sour wine and then gives us his best wine. Then he cries out, it is finished. In Latin, this would be consumatum est. It is consummated. The two become one. 
reconciled in this sacrifice, the unity of God and humanity is consummated. As we heard on Sunday from Luke, the repentant thief is offered paradise, like where it all started in Eden. The veil in the temple is torn in two, opening the holy of holies to us. If we were to read on from our second reading this evening from Hebrews, we would hear how Christ, the whole high priest, entered into the holy of holies, offering his blood so that we could enter into that place with him. Did you know that the rabbis tell us a Jewish bridal chamber was designed to resemble the tabernacle? The couple enters the Holy of Holies. In fact, if you've seen even a modern Jewish wedding, they hold a tent-like structure over the couple. And did you know that a Jewish bridegroom dressed like a priest? And what does a priest wear? A seamless tunic, not to be torn. His tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. Finally, Jesus gives up his spirit and breathes his last. Like Adam was put to sleep, and then from his side, Eve is created. So now in death sleep, the man, with the woman looking on, Jesus' side is pierced, and blood and water flow out. The two great sacraments, baptism and Eucharist, from which his bride, the church, is made. As Paul would say in Ephesians, that with this water of baptism, Christ makes his bride radiant and beautiful. And then he becomes one flesh with her, which is precisely what happens to us in the Eucharist. He offers his flesh to us to have communion with us, to become one flesh with us. And Friday... It's the sixth day of the week, the day of creation when God originally made the man and the woman who were made to become one flesh. When they take down his body, they lay it in a tomb where no one had yet been laid. In a way, we could say that it was a virginal tomb. He was born a man from a virginal womb. And would rise and be born again a new man from a virginal tomb. A tomb in a garden. Wrapped in linen. And as we will hear on Sunday, he will leave those grave clothes behind. The new man without clothes in a garden. Hmm. Like the original man. Except now this one is immortal. St. Augustine profoundly wrote these words. Like a bridegroom, Christ went forth from his chamber. He came to the marriage bed of the cross. And there in mounting it, he consummated his marriage. And when he perceived the size of the creature, he lovingly gave himself up to the torment in place of his bride and joined himself to her forever. Some people think Good Friday is sort of funeral-like. No, it's a wedding. But hopefully we all gathered here today not to come to the wedding as 
the wedding party, the guests, or the bystanders. Hopefully we came tonight to be the bride, his church. To offer ourselves back to our groom. Hopefully everything I just shared with you is more than hmm, interesting biblical detail. My friends, it is God's proposal to you. Hopefully, it's personal. Jesus has offered the gift of himself to you. The remainder of our liturgy and our ritual here tonight gives us all a chance to offer ourselves back to him. Here, in the very center of the church, in just a moment, where a bride and a groom normally stand and make their vows and then kiss each other. In just a moment, you will have a chance to approach the cross and to make your vows, to give your life to Jesus and to offer your signs of affection, touching it or bowing and kneeling, laying down prostrate, even kissing that cross. Now, none of that is for the piece of wood. These are all the affections of our hearts for Jesus. And then before you leave consummation again, you will receive his body and his blood. And by receiving him, you are giving yourself. For when he comes to dwell in you, so you also dwell in him. The two become one. Dearly beloved, We are gathered here today to witness the union of the man, Christ, and the woman, his bride, the church. On this day, Good Friday, the wedding day, our wedding day.